Welcome to The Do Zone, where real entrepreneurs share real strategies about getting things done. I'm your host, Josh Thomas. Tag me at JT Literally and show me what you do in The Do Zone. Every week, I'll pick the best post to feature across all my social networks. This podcast is brought to you by Factor One. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur who's looking to hit seven this year, there are three key shifts you need to make right now in order for it to be possible. Go to IamFactor1.com now, and I'll show you exactly what those three key shifts are and how you can get them set up for your business in less than six minutes. Once again, that's IamFactor1.com. Today's guest is John Munsell. John is a seasoned marketing executive with over 25 years of experience, co-founder of Bazooka, and the pioneer of the optics framework. This proven process has transformed marketing teams and programs to drive rapid growth. And John has recently revolutionized it by incorporating artificial intelligence at every stage. John, welcome to the Do Zone. Tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Thanks, Josh. Structure, you know, in a word. So I am super ADD. So I have to have structure in order to keep myself from going off the rails and looking at every shiny object. So I have kind of rituals that I've established. Every morning I get up at, I don't know, 4.35 in the morning, I work out, um, I take a cold shower, I come to the office, I get my coffee going. While it's going, I do a 30-minute meditation, and then I already have my work day kind of outlined, which is how I close the day by setting up what do I need to accomplish tomorrow so that I can look back and say, all right, I you know, I can go to sleep at night. If I if I don't have that set up for the next day, I'll stay up at night going, oh, don't forget to do this. Oh, you know, don't forget to do that. And that that really makes for a non-productive next day. So I don't know. That's how I have to roll. <laughs> it's it's kind of like clearing out the cash, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. I know that if I, uh, there are two things that I can do at night that will keep me awake. And one is working too late on the computer, you know, and then trying to shut it down and go to sleep. My brain won't slow down that fast. It takes about an hour and a half of my brain to fall out and then go to sleep. So if I do that, I'm not going to get to sleep. And the other is if I have unfinished business that I haven't written down so that I can get it, get it done the next day, I'll stay up all night because my brain will be gone, you know, Trying, trying to solve the problem and noting that I haven't you know, written it down. Yeah. And I'm kind of the same way because it's, it's almost like a, it's like a safety mechanism because if I don't keep it top of mind, then it's just going to fall to the back and I'm going to forget about it. It's going to, it's like a, a filing cabinet and the paper kind of falls behind the filing cabinet. We don't see it for like six years. Oh, here's this electric bill that I didn't pay, you know, in 1996 <laughs> right. or whatever. Yeah, no. And and that's it's kind of weird how the brain works like that. And so what you like to do is you follow this routine, you know exactly what you're doing, you get up, you take your me time, and then uh, we make sure that there's nothing left unhandled at the end of the day. And as long as it's written down to deal with the next day, that's considered handled. Yeah, exactly. And I wish I could say I was perfect at it, uh, but I'm I'm constantly trying to improve you know i do know that the first part of my ritual is is always uh on time but it's the evening part where the wrap up where i start to write down the unfinished business that's the part that i have to uh, literally an alarm on my um uh, 
on my phone that says, don't forget to do this. I'm like, oh yeah, dang it. You know, so I'll start chatting it down. And I've since gotten an accountability partner and he's, he's more AD than AD uh, than I am, which is good because I think he just likes to remind me to do stuff. So, you know, all day long, he's peppering me with crap and I'm like, oh geez, I got to get him off my back. So I better go ahead and do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And so, uh, so you spent 25 years as a marketing expert. Let's let's uh, let's get geeky about some direct response marketing copy. Yeah, let's, sure. let's let's dive into that because it's uh, it's it, it, in my opinion, and and I'm not alone in this, but the ability to write direct response marketing copy is one of the top skills that you can have as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, because it allows you to translate your message in a way that people are compelled to act on. And so could you talk to me a little bit about some of the fundamentals of that? Yeah. So I would back up on that and I would probably say the ability to write direct response copy is not as important as the ability to recognize good direct response copy, because a lot of CEOs, they don't have the time to write it. But they need to know what it looks like. They and their marketing team needs to know what it looks like. They need to know what excellence looks like. Absent that, you're going to make mistakes. And I'll, I'll you know, really date myself by going back to um, the early 1990s. There was a little company out there called Parsons Technology, and they would sell these $50 compressed um, little applications on a you know, on a, a floppy disk, right? $59, $49. And Parsons was making a killing on that. And I used to work for a bank at the time and we had developed a program in what was called Lotus one, two, three, which is a spreadsheet. And we developed a way to analyze commercial financial statements for, for our bank. So we would spread the financial statements. We would, that would, that would give us the ratio. So we know how to lend money or, or whether to not lend money. So, then um, the, a buddy of mine and I who created this, we both went to different banks in Florida. And then I called him up. I said, do you still have that? And he's like, yeah. And I'm, so I took it and I modified it for our bank, the new bank that I was working for. And then I called him up. I said, hey, what do you think we, what do you think if we got together, we built this into a program and we sold it to banks? Because this dude at Parsons is making a killing selling these $59 applications and in order for a bank to buy this software, it's going to cost them two or $3,000 from the, the competition that's out there. And ours is a whole lot more effective and efficient. So he's like, sure. So we start building this thing. And I thought, I need to figure out marketing. So I bought Jay Abraham's material. And at the time, it was called Your Marketing Genius at Work. So I bought this thing and it was $500 back in 1992, which, which is about half of my monthly, monthly salary back then. Ooh, right. So it was a hell money. of an investment for me. Yeah. <clears throat> so I just binge read it and it taught me how to test pricing. It taught me how to write headline copy. It taught me how to write direct response copy. And so I just studied it. And then back then there was no internet, there was no email. So you had to do direct mail. So I had to write these things. And what we did, uh, Josh, this is the funny thing. We tested prices all over the country. So we would shoot 500 over here with this price, 500 over there with that price, 500 over another side for that price. We tested, we tested 59.95, 69.95, um, 
549 and 549. So we tested all those prices. We were thinking, you know, it's a done deal at 60 bucks. We're going to, we're going to make them fortune. 249 outsold the rest five to one. Wow. So we not only five X the number of units, but we five X the price on top of that. So think about what that taught me, right? I was like, wow, that's key. But also I got to, you know, it was one of those things you'd send it out in the mail and you just got to wait and pray that the post office delivered it. And then he would wait for a check to show up in the mail. So that was really lengthy testing, right? But it was so, fun. We got so it let's down to let's where stop it was there fun. for a minute because that's that's one of the things that is is it is so hard for us to even compute in this day and age of instant information. Like I could send you a message right. on my phone right next to me, and you'll you'll right. receive it instantly. I can send you a marketing yeah. message right now, and you can approve or decline and send me money, and I can get it in seconds. And this is like right. you mail it out. It takes days to mail it, and then you and it takes days for them to mail a check to you. And it's like, wow, this is right. really well. Hard they had to they had to mail a check, right? They had to they had to believe in you so much that they would send you a check, okay? <laughs> and it literally took us three weeks before we even know the post office had delivered it, right? So yeah. we would literally wait three weeks, you know, and just like, and then all of a sudden a check would show up and we're like, dude, we're rich, you know, and then the next day three would show up and then two would show up and then five would show up and you're like, this is a blast, right? So that was fun. And so that's when I got to, you know, really learn direct response copy. And I know that, you know, fast forward in um, 1997, I built my first website and then started a tech company to do that. And we, we started off as a software company, gradually became a digital marketing company. But what I noticed, and I just had a conversation with another guy this morning about this, but 90% of what you see on the web right now is just wrong. 90% of the advertising you see is wrong. 90% of the copy you see is wrong. 90% of it, probably 95, is just wrong. Here's the problem with that. If all you see is what is wrong. You think that's right and you emulate that. Now, fast forward that to what's been going on over the last two years, especially in the last six months. What do you have? AI, right? So you can get ChatGPT to write copy. The only problem is ChatGPT has been trained on the 90% that's wrong and it doesn't know it's wrong. And so you ask it to write something and it writes what is wrong? It sounds interesting. It sounds logical, but it's plain wrong. So you have to know how to train it to write compelling, converting copy. And that's that's what I love to do. It, and, and you brought up a great point because ChatGPT is not a replacement for strong copywriter. It is a tool or an enhancement, much like a computer Right. Or a typewriter, you know, is better than just like writing it out by hand. It just helps you do it faster. It doesn't necessarily replace it. Correct. And and I can and I can definitely add credence to that because I have a copywriter and we're sending out emails. Uh, I send out about three to five emails a week at least. Um, and uh, I have a pretty decent following, uh, pretty decent open rate. And I review these emails on a content meeting every Monday morning. And I got to one of them and I was looking at it and I was like, did you write this? <laughs> and she said, no, ChatGPT wrote that. I'm like, uh, I can tell. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I was, I ran out of time 
and I just put something up there to have something. I'm like, God, don't do that again. Right, <laughs> it was right. not good. No, <laughs> look, was, I, I, it was I had about six. Yeah. I, so every Friday I host a, a roundtable discussion um, at 10.30 a.m. Central. And in it, we discuss AI. And this this Friday, actually, I'm going to show people how we create a scalable prompting system to make sure the chat GPT yields the kind of stuff that we want. And on my desktop right here, I probably have six emails that have come in that I know were created by chat GPT. I mean, you can just tell. It first starts off with, I hope this email finds you well. Okay, I know instantly ChatGPT wrote that, right? Because yeah. that's one of its starting phrases. There are other ones in there. It it starts to sound like an infomercial. It'll say, but wait, there's more. And you go, oh, you've got to be kidding. You're, yeah. Where did you think that was right? You know? It's, so, it's kind of uh, what I've seen in the comparison that I've, I, I've been able to make recently is uh, one of the things, that, for those who aren't familiar, there's another program called MidJourney. In uh, in Mid Journey is the Chat GPT of images, basically, and so you you type in there, hey, create an image of this thing doing that thing, and and it, and it will render it for you, and it's a really high quality image. It's really it's fascinating what they can do with words. Yeah. But when you look at like it has these weird quirks, like sometimes there'll just be like imperfections in the image, and it still can't figure out how to make hands or fingers, and so they're always all right. jacked up. And so it's kind of got like this signature where it's like Midjourney made that, right? And it has like a certain hue to it. ChatGPT is kind of the same thing. If you see it enough, you start to realize a robot wrote this. A human being didn't yeah. write this. And so yeah. we have to really, at least now until Skynet opens up and like, you know, Judgment Day happens, right. we have to bridge the gap between what a robot writes and what a human can consume reasonably because we still have relevance there. And that little gap creates all of the value for us, but it always has. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. And that's, that's why I opened up with, you have to know what excellence looks like. Cause if you don't necessarily need to know how to write it, but you need to know how to recognize it. And so chat GPT and all these other tools like Claude, Claude does some really good direct response copy, by the way, if you've ever played around with Claude, it's bianthropic, but it's, it's fast and it's, it's actually pretty decent copy, but it still needs you to recognize it and do something with it. Right. And so I, I like all of this stuff because I at least know how to get it from zero to 60 in 2.3 seconds. Right. But I also know how to take it across that finish line with it. Whereas if you don't know what you're doing and you just write up a generic prompt, you're going to get that stuff that falls in the 90%. It's just not effective. So, you know, when you talk about what makes people productive, tools like this make you insanely productive. So like, for instance, I can create a, um, a really detailed plan, or we call it a profit uh, accelerator blueprint for a client. It used to take us three weeks to do, doing all the research on the brand and all this other stuff. I can pull that down to three hours now using chat GPT and a couple other tools. And it is amazing. And I couldn't do that just a month and a half ago, but that's how fast the technology is changing. So um, AI is, is the great liberator for people who um, need to get somewhere fast, right? 
but you again, you have to know what excellence looks like so that you can use it the right way. Otherwise, you're going to just replace it, you know, replace yeah. average with with more average, faster average. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the that's one of the most important points that I've ever heard on this podcast, and I've done over almost 150 episodes at this point. But uh, you have to know what excellence looks like, uh, and yeah. truer words have never been spoken because it is so easy for you to just be generic and average. But if you understand what excellence is, you're always going to be ahead of the pack because you're able to put that final touch on it. And so, John, tell us uh, just really quickly, what is it that you're working on now and how can people engage with you and learn more about it? Sure, glad you asked. Because one of the, you know, we have developed what we call the optics framework, which is a framework for helping marketing teams scale faster and organize themselves. And you can read about it on, at bazooka.com, B-I-Z-Z-U-K-A.com. But what we have done is we have started to uh, optics is an acronym for the six phases of of uh, it's a, it's like a circular phase of how you accelerate at marketing. But we've integrated AI into every aspect of that. So that's what we're working on. And originally, I was like, you know what? I should create training to teach people how to use AI tools inside of it alongside of the optics training. And then I realized after creating a program that would help people build um, lead magnets and all the funnel content behind it, I realized, boy, you know, four weeks after releasing it, it's out of date because the technology has changed. And right. so I thought, you know what, instead of me constantly trying to build a course, I'm just going to give it away for free. And so that's what we're working on now. All of these tools that we've been building that are amazing, that help you build amazing copy, we're going to be giving them away. So we're going to be putting them on YouTube. We're going to be like this Friday in our uh, roundtable. I'm going to be showing people how to create a scalable prompting system. So that's kind of it. I just figured, you know what, I'm going to give it away. And if people want to hire us to do something else, happy to do that. But it doesn't pay us to try to sit on this stuff, turn it into a course to have it be outdated a week later. I'd rather get it into people's hands. I really think the small business owners and the medium business owners need to hurry up and be competitive because this is rapidly becoming a massive corporation game and the little guys are getting crunched. So I, I think they need the tools to succeed. So that's that's kind of my passion. That's what I'm up to. I love that. And so where can we go right now to learn more about that and get on your discussion and learn about your course? Yeah, so if you go to bazooka.com, B-I-Z-Z-U-K-A.com, you can go over, I think it's on the right-hand side, you'll see um, a link to the roundtable. So if you want to join the roundtable, uh, we originally were going to do 10 of these and stop this Friday is the 10th one, but everybody said, can you keep doing it? And so we're going to add another 10 and another 10. And that's when we're like, you know what, we're just going to give this away. and We're going to get people successful. Love that. Bazooka.com, B-I-Z-Z-U-K-A. Correct. Awesome. Not the bubble gum, not the weapon. We'd have been a whole lot richer if we were, but... <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. John Munsell uh, from bazooka.com. For those of you who are looking to learn more about AI and how it can impact your marketing, go to bazooka.com, which is B-I-Z-Z-U-K-A, and join the Friday roundtable discussion uh, right there on the website. Uh, for those of you uh, who are tuning in on your morning commute or during your workout or you're somewhere out in the field, be sure to snap a selfie, tag me at JT, literally tell me what you do in the do zone. Also, if you're ready to break the seven-figure barrier with your business, but you know what got you here, I ain't going to get you there, we can help. 
Go to imfactor1.com now and let's see how much impact we can make in less than six minutes. Know this, you are factor one for your own success. Now let's get to work. If you're a small business doing at least six figures and you're trying to level up, but you keep getting smacked down, pay attention. There are outside forces at play that you're almost certainly not aware of. No, I'm not talking about the president, the economy, the Federal Reserve, or inflation. I'm also not talking about your industry, your competition, or current market conditions. I'm talking about you. There are invisible forces that are keeping you from breaking through to the next barrier in your business. That's why you keep repeating the same cycle year after year. You think next time will be different, but what you don't realize is that you're running through a huge maze and your opponent has every turn memorized because your opponent built the maze. Until you get your hands on a map and come up with a plan of attack and execute it, you're just going to keep running circles over and over and you'll lose every time. You'll never find the exit without a plan. The good news is your opponent is predictable. Your opponent follows the rules. You can beat your opponent because you don't have to follow the rules. You see, you have free will. Your opponent is restricted to the rules of the game, but you can make your own rules. You just got to have a plan. And in order to get a plan, you first have to take responsibility for putting yourself in that maze without a map to begin with. Because you are factor one for your own success. Your opponent is your comfort zone. If you're ready to stop running circles in the same circuit year after year and finally break free from the maze, join factor one. We are a unique development program for six-figure entrepreneurs. We'll airdrop into your exact location of the maze with a paper and pen, and we'll help you draw a clean map to the exit using our bird's eye view. We'll also arm you with the tools you need to defend yourself properly, and we'll walk with you shoulder to shoulder to make sure you get out safely this time. We don't leave anybody behind that doesn't want to be left there. Join us. Go to imfactor1.com right now, and let's talk about getting you out of that maze once and for all.